Welcome to the Marketing Home, Marketing You podcast. Week after week, Barbara Savona of Sprout Marketing brings you quality conversations with industry leaders, mini marketing workshops, and step-by-step guides on everything marketing, business, and career growth. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for some outside-the-box ideas from the girl that lives inside the shipping container box. Hi friends, welcome to this week's episode of Marketing Home, Marketing You. Today I am giving you a sneak peek behind the scenes look at one of our members only exclusive pieces of content. So this is part two of our series with Building Leaders with Bill Nye. Over the next 12 months, we are gonna be building on this foundation of building leadership and culture at your communities and your management companies. So I'm giving you this free piece of content because it's so valuable and I want you to get an inside look at what is included when you become a Sprout member. If you love what you're learning and you want to continue to get this series, make sure to sign up at watchyourbusinesssprout.com. And I can't wait for you guys to hear all the things that Bill is digging into. Today, we're talking about intentional versus unintentional culture. So let's jump in with my interview with Bill Nye. Welcome, everyone, to our second part of Building Leaders with Bill Nye. Bill, I'm so excited to dig into part two. So welcome. Thank you, Barbara. I'm looking forward to expanding on what we talked about, you know, in our last edition of this. You know, today we're going to talk about, uh, you know, culture, the, the culture and the impact it has on your business. And we're going to talk about whether your cult, whether your culture is intentional or unintentional and the difference between those two. So I, I hope that your uh, your audience finds this to be really, really beneficial. Absolutely. And for those that didn't hear part one, I would say go back and listen because Bill really dug into what is culture and the measurables that kind of stack up to do that. Now you speak about unintentional culture. I don't think that a lot of people even have heard of that term or even think about that. They either think they're just not focused on it or that they've got a great culture. So can we dig into how do we identify an unintentional culture? Yeah. So what's interesting about culture is, you know, I, as I talk to business leaders around the country, you know, everybody always, you know, they want to talk about their culture and I love our culture and our culture is this and that. And and it, it's interesting that people don't realize that culture exists everywhere. Anytime you bring two people together within an organization, whether it's a, a home, whether it's a religious organization, a nonprofit or a for-profit, once you have two people come together, a culture will will develop or a culture will grow. And I always use the example of if you're to go outside and find a piece of ground and take a shovel and dig a square, it can be as small as 12 inches by 12 inches, but you dig a square, a square, get rid of the grass, get rid of whatever is growing there and kind of work the dirt up a little bit and then walk away and leave it and come back a year later and look at that spot. And what do you find? Yeah. Is it still there? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're no going to find bear, all right? these weeds and all this sticker. If you're in Texas, you're going to find stickers and all these burrs. It's going to be pretty miserable. That's right. <laughs> that's, exa- that's exactly right. You're not going to go outside a year later and say, well, look at that. Tomatoes grew there. Man, I <laughs> wish. <laughs> right? I wish it were that simple, but that's not the reality. Well, that's culture. That's exactly what culture is. Culture grows in every organization. And the question then becomes, are you intentional about what you're going to grow or are you unintentional and you leave it up to chance and circumstance? Now, um, you know, I, I wrote something down that I believe very strongly and I want to make sure that I quote myself correctly. Okay. (laughs) So I want to read this to you. Uh, And this is because I had someone say that uh, uh, someone once said that 
culture will will trump everything, including personality. I disagree with that. Here's what I believe. I believe that in an unintentional culture, personality will shape the culture. Okay. In an intentional culture, the culture will shape the personality. Okay, I like that. Where so t- tell me more. So you know when I say that in an unintentional culture, personality shapes the culture. What I mean by that is the culture becomes a byproduct of the strongest personality in the organization. Now that's oftentimes the founder, the president, the CEO of the organization, right? So as an example, growing up in a, in, in Ohio on a farm, I was one of six kids. And my dad worked outside of the home. So my mom ran the the house. She ran the farm, if you will. And being one of six kids, there was a lot of chaos. You know, we were typical kids. Uh You know, we didn't necessarily always want to do our chores and work in the field and and take care of the livestock. Um, And my mother was a, she's, she was German, uh, German American descent. And my mother had a very, very strong personality. Mm -hmm. My mother's strongest emotion was anger. Mm-hmm. It didn't take a lot for my mother to become angry. And when she became angry, everybody knew. Watch out. I mean, right. She did nothing to hide her anger or disappointment. And so, you know, over time, we all became afraid. We learned to be to be fearful of our mother's anger. Now, our mother didn't intend to make us afraid of her, but that's what grew in that in, in the culture of our home mm-hmm. was fear. And that was one of the byproducts of that unintentional culture. And so that's what I mean by the personality shapes the culture. Because my mother had such an angry personality, that shaped the culture of our home, and our home became a culture of fear. Or fear became, you know, a, a, a dominant, you know, characteristic within the culture of our home. And so, you know, I think the, the thing you have to understand is that when you have an unintentional culture, it becomes a culture of emotion rather than, than rationale. And so unintentional cultures are driven by emotions. Now think about this for a moment. When you have an emotional culture, whether it's, you know, angry or outbursts, you know, whatever the case might be, how does that impact your business strategy? Think about your marketing for a moment. When emotions are always driving decisions, what impact does that have on on marketing? Yeah, I mean, it's like you might put something together on a whim and then when it doesn't perform immediately how you want, you're ready to toss it out. You're ready to cast blame. And it's because, again, it's like this emotional reaction. There's nothing right. no, nothing data-driven. You're, you're driven on how, and like you said, it's the dominant person that is driving that usually. Right. That's exactly right. It, you blow it up. It's the old saying of one step forward, two steps backwards. We start something, it doesn't work. Uh, immediately the way that the dominant personality wants. So we blow it up, we scrap it, we start all over again. And so you never really get any traction. It's just always start and restart, start and restart over and over and over with our marketing. Now think about personnel. When when you have an unintentional culture and somebody in the organization makes a mistake, how are personnel treated? Time to fire them out. (laughs) You you kicked me off and... And it's like, it bubbles up. And, and, you know, it's interesting. You're saying all these things because 13 years ago as a new entrepreneur, this is how, this was how I was building this unintentional culture because I was the strongest personality. It was my business and everything that you're saying, I believe because I 
I didn't love the results and and that that's why I changed. But everything that you're saying, it's like you can I could almost now step back, go into a community, go into a management company, and I could say, is this an emotionally driven, emotionally charged business? Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, one of the one of the great leaders of our time is Jack Welch. Jack was the CEO of, of General Electric for years. And when he was named CEO, General Electric was on the verge of bankruptcy. When he retired, they were the second most profitable company in the world, wow. not in the United States, in the entire world. Well, how did he do that? Well, you know, he ch completely changed the culture. But when he left General Electric, he wrote a book called Straight from the Gut. And in that book, he, he is very transparent, very humble about a big mistake he had made. He implemented the program that became known as the Rank and Yank program. Now, Jack believed that everybody in the organization should, should be held accountable by a ranking system. Now, go back to our first video. and We talked about, you know, your expectations, right? Your rankings, right. your KPIs, your metrics. And so he believed that whether you were an engineer or whether you worked on an assembly line, uh, you should be ranked. We should have a way of ranking your performance. But what he did was he took it a step further. What he did was he put in place what became known as the rank and yank, which meant that at the end of the year, they took their entire organization. And if you were in the bottom 10%, you were fired. No questions asked, no review, no coaching, no opportunity to get better. You're gone. And in, and in the book, he talks about what a mistake that was, because he said, we may have had a great year. You outperformed our expectations. You outperformed the KPIs, the metrics, the benchmarks. But because it was such a great year, even though you did well, you were in the bottom 10% and we fired you. Wow. And he said, looking back now, I realized that ultimately I had people who were driven by fear, not driven, you know, you know, by by excitement and passion and, you know, many of the things that people talked about in these definitions I read in the first video. And I was a part of an organization once where we would start our Monday morning leadership meetings where the CEO would ask the question, is there anyone we need to discuss in terms of termination this week? And it was, he wanted people to, to perform out of fear that if they did anything wrong, anything he didn't approve of, anything that made him angry, Anything that made him feel a negative emotion, you were gone. Wow. And so, you know, personnel are, are, are people are keeping their head down. They're not, they're, they're not willing to take risks. They're not willing to try something new because they're all afraid. If I make a mistake, I'm gone. And that's part of an unintentional culture. Uh, innovation. Innovation should be strategic. And if, if, if you've got an unintentional culture, you look at innovation, it's like, oh, that is so cool. I, I want to do that. I love it. And, and it's not strategic. Your company doesn't have the bandwidth to handle a new idea or a new innovation. Your customers are exhausted because you're constantly changing what you're doing and how, how your systems and platforms operate. Uh, but because, you know, you have an unintentional culture, you look at innovation like it's a toy. Right. Look, I, I get it. There's cool stuff out there. We all want to try. But you got to be smart and strategic about it. And in an unintentional culture, innovation isn't strategic. Innovation is is it, like I said, it's it's treated like it's a toy. It's like an, always. I'm sorry. Is that like when you see okay. companies that just are rolling out five different platforms within one quarter, and the team is so miserable, or oh, all of a sudden we're doing this initiative, and the team is yeah. like it just came out of nowhere. Is that what you what you're talking about? 
Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And that's driven by emotion. That's somebody high up in the organization saying, I want to prove to our competition, to our customers, that we're smarter, that we're better, that we're in, that we're innovative. And in, in reality, everybody's saying, this is a failure. None of this stuff works. None of this makes any sense. Right. None of this is syncing with one another. And so, but your ego is so overwhelming and so far out in front of your skis that you can't see that because you just want to prove that, you know, you're the smartest person in the room. Okay. So again, it's that emotion that's driving that unintentional exactly. culture and everybody's just kind of like hanging on for dear life. It sounds like. Yep. That's exactly right. And then, and then your growth, uh, the minute you start to see a little bit of a downtick in your growth, emotion takes over. People need to be fired. We need to scrap this, stop doing that. But listen, no organization sees growth like this. Even the best organizations you go in and then there's a little downturn and then you go up. And so, yeah, listen, you may be down compared to last month. Sales are down compared to last month, but sales are up compared to the same month last year. So we're seeing positive growth, but in an unintentional culture, that's not acceptable. That's not okay. There can never be a downturn. Right. And so you're constantly blowing things up to try and, and push to where you just see that. And that's not realistic. I don't care who you are. You can name the, the most successful organizations and companies in America. They all see downturns from time right. to time. And when you have an intentional culture, you have a strategy to overcome that. When you, when you have an unintentional culture, it creates a, a, an emotional reaction and emotional response. So these are all kind of like the barometers to say, okay, if if any of these things are starting to ring true that is happening at my organization, we might be having an unintentional culture of chaos, of emotion driving all of these things. Let's talk about the opposite, the one that we want, this intentional culture. How do we, how is that different? So this is where now you understand that we're in an unintentional culture, personality shapes the culture in an intentional culture, culture shapes the personality. It's no longer about me, my personal feelings, my identity, what, what I need to prove to others, but it's rather being strategic and being consistent and being disciplined. And so this is where you got to fight the temptation to fall into all those traps. Because look, we're all human. We all have emotions. We all get angry. We all feel sad. We all feel insecure. We, you know, we all feel disappointed, but how do you overcome that? And when you're intentional about what you do, as much as you want to react emotionally, you have you have to condition and discipline yourself to say, hold on, hold back on the on the reins, hit the brakes. This isn't about me and how I feel. Here's a classic example: the debate as to whether or not you're going to allow people to work remotely. Oh, there good. are lots of executives out there. It's like absolutely not, unacceptable, never going to allow it. Why not? Right. What do they really want? They want control. They want to, it's That's like, exactly it's, right. it's like you've said before to me, like people want to feel like I want to know exactly what you're doing. And that way there's, you know, I'm, I can measure everything because I feel better seeing you. That's right. This is where it's about you. This is where your personality is shaping the culture. Yeah. But in a healthy culture, in an intentional culture, the culture is shaping the personality, meaning that the culture trumps my personality. Now, instead of it being based on what, what my 
my pet peeves are, my likes and my dislikes. It's about what's best for the customer, what's best for the, uh, for, I call it the three C's, the company, the coworker, and the customer. Yeah. It's what's best for those three C's as opposed to what my personal preferences are. Right. And so, it sounds like what you were saying with that intentional culture about how it will it will not be the one that the personality is not going to drive it. It's almost like the the intentionality puts constraints on your personality. Like it's yeah, like, uh oh, these are boundaries. Exactly right. That's exactly right. You follow a recipe. Listen, if I follow a recipe to to bake a German German chocolate cake and I follow it to a T, when the timer goes off and I open the oven, I'm not pulling out a meatloaf. No. I'm pulling out a German chocolate cake, <laughs> right? Because I follow the recipe and that's intentional. That's an intentional culture. If I dig up that, that piece of ground outside and I plant tomatoes, I'm not going to harvest weeds. I'm right. going to harvest tomatoes, right? Because I was intentional about what I was doing. And so the difference between an unintentional and intentional culture. Now, listen to this. And, and, and this will, I, I think, this will make anybody say, should make everybody say, I want to have an intentional culture because an intentional is disciplined and not chaotic. Mm -hmm. Now, in every organization, one of two things exists at all times. And those two things are discipline and chaos, but they never coexist at the same time. Where there's discipline, there's no chaos. And where there's chaos, it's because there's no discipline. Oh, so good. And so, you know, your kids are going to want to bring chaos to your home. And if you're not a disciplined home, then that chaos is going to be present all the time. But when you're a disciplined home, the chaos rears its ugly head and you use the discipline to say, uh-uh, nope, that is not how we do things. That's not what we're going to do. And in an intentional culture, you're disciplined to follow your strategy, to follow your business plan, to follow your marketing plan. You know, to follow your hiring practices, to follow your promotion practices, your compensation practices. Listen, I've seen organizations, somebody gives notice and immediately they get a big raise. Well, that's chaotic. You know what that is? That's unintentional. That's an unintentional culture. In an intentional culture, somebody gives notice and you understand that's just part of business. If there's something we can, we can uh, fix to make you stay, great. If not, we will congratulate you and celebrate you on your way out the door. Right. Because you're disciplined. Number two, you're strategic as opposed to falling for temptation. Like, listen, I see things all the time. Like, oh, it'd be so great to have that. It'd be so cool to have that. But does it fit our business? Does it fit our business plan? Does it fit our budget? I have to be strategic about it. And so as much as it's normal for human beings to be tempted, when you have an intentional culture, you say, you know, that's a great idea. And it's something we may consider down the road, but right now we've got two initiatives going and we need to be, we need to be strategic about how many things we put on our team or, or ask our customers to embrace as, as new innovation. So you're strategic and you're able to, you know, withstand or hold off the temptation. And then number three, you're consistent as opposed to impulsive. Yes. And I'm going to tell you, I've worked in organizations where leadership is impulsive and it is one of the most toxic or, uh, cultures you'll ever be a part of because every day the, the priorities change. Why? Because the leadership is impulsive. And the minute I have a new idea, the minute I have a feeling, the minute I have emotion, the minute I have a thought, all of a sudden everything in the organization, organization changes. But within an intentional culture, you fight the, the, the urge to be impulsive 
and build consistency within the organization. And every great organization understands this and they're very, very intentional about this so that they don't fall into these traps. You know, when you were saying all of this, it reminded me of two things. I interviewed Mark Hurley. Uh, he's uh, the CEO and owner of Highland Commercial. And he said that when he built this business with his dad, that his dad made rules for business and it's rules that they live and die by. And he says, what it's helped me with is that when this kind of shiny things comes back, I go back to our like rules of operation. And he said that we know the rules don't fail us. Well, we sometimes miss something, a great opportunity. Yes, but it'll balance out by something else that we did. And he said that by doing that, the point that I loved was there's almost a freeing of you're, you're not just being kind of tossed by the wind for every little thing. There's a safety that comes with following this. And so I love what you're saying because who doesn't want to work for a company that's disciplined, strategic, and consistent as opposed to chaotic, following every temptation and impulsive? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, you can't have a rule for everything. You can't have a policy for everything. But I'll tell you this, culture always fills the void. Oh, yes. And so if you have a healthy culture, you'll make good decisions. You'll make good choices because the culture fills the void where you don't have a specific policy, a specific plan, a specific uh, strategy. And so that's why it's so important to be strategic about it. So I want to give your audience a, a couple of things to consider so okay. that they, you know, they can look at their culture and say, is ours more intentional or unintentional? Three things. Okay. Number one, um, what do your customers say about you? If your customers say, it's confusing. It makes no sense. I don't understand. Well, you have an unintentional culture. They're living in your world of chaos. They're living in your world of impulsiveness. They're living in your world of temptation. So what do your customers say about you? If your customers say you deliver the goods time after time after time, then that says that you've got an intentional culture that is building discipline and, and, and consistency. Number two, why do you lose good people? Because here's the thing you have to remember. You'll always lose good people who who are are really looking for put uh, a premium on consistency, mm -hmm. on discipline, on structure, on you know on these things. Uh, and if you're constantly losing them, it's because they don't want to live in your world of chaos. Right. They don't want to live in your world of temptation. They don't want to live in your world of impulsiveness. You know they want structure and and consistency, and they don't get it. So they leave because they're looking for it. They, they, you know, they think it exists out there somewhere. They just know it's not here. Right. And then number three, what kind of people work for you? In other words, what kind of people follow you? Listen, I've had people say, well, I'm a good leader because I have people who follow me. They've worked for me at a, a two or three organizations. Listen, I've had people work for me at, at multiple organizations. That's not a test of whether or not you have a healthy culture and you're a strong leader. The real test is what kind of people work for you? Everybody has their followers. Charles Manson had followers. That's so scary to think about. That's true, right? Yeah. And so what kind of people follow you? Are they disciplined? Are they structured? Are they consistent? Are they mature? Or are they gossips? Are they liars? Are they greedy? Are they self-centered? And so when you really determine what kind of people work for you, that's a good, that's a good barometer. That's a good metric to determine whether or not you have a healthy, intentional culture or you have an unintentional culture where all kinds of bad things are growing and thriving. And I hope this helps. 
I think it's going to be a huge help. So wherever you're at, using those three questions to gauge, is it intentional? Is it is it unintentional? And then what can we do about it? So I know that over the course of the next few months, we're going to be building on this. What can we look forward to for our next session? Yeah, so our next section, session, we're going to be talking about culture and leadership. And we're going to be identifying three baskets of people. And where do your leaders fall in these three baskets? And uh, the impact that that will have on your ability to build a really healthy, intentional culture. Well, awesome, Bill. We're off to a great start, and I can't wait for us to continue this series. Looking forward to it. Thank you for your time, Barbara. It's been a lot of fun. Okay, guys, I hope you are enjoying this series with Building Leaders with Bill Nye as much as I am. After this, this session is exclusively for Sprout members. If you want to join our Sprout community, learn more at watchyourbusinesssprout.com. You can sign up for our free trial membership at trysproutfree.com. Over the course of the year in 2023, we are going to be building on these foundations. Bill is going to be sharing his insights. This essentially is like a leadership university. So if you're looking to take your multifamily housing career to the next level, if you want to up the culture of your company or your community, and if you want to continue to advance and learn from the best, then I would love to have you join us inside of the membership platform. Not only are you going to get to hear from Bill, but you also hear from Ann Sadovsky each month on Fair Housing. We have a psychologist, Lindsay Bira, that is going to be sharing on the personal front on how to continue to build resist resiliency and deal with the challenges that come with just having a stressful job. So plus all of the resources that you get as a Sprout member. I hope you guys have loved it. And I can't wait to see y'all on the next episode of Marketing Home, Marketing You.